This is the God Made Man Podcast, day 16 of 90 days of putting lust to bed. If you've seen the movie 8 Mile, it's a uh, loose story about Eminem's early life, the rapper Eminem. And you can't forget that final rap battle that he has with his opponent, Papa Doc. And in his final statement, in his final rap, he doesn't just insult his opponent, he turns the lyrics onto himself, on himself, and he exposes his own hurts and his own flaws and his own shortcomings. And I'm going to do my best right now to wrap it for you so you'll have an idea of what he said. All right? Uh, uh. No, no, I'm just going to read it. <laughs> my, my rapping would not do Eminem's rapping any justice. So here's what he says. I know everything that he's going to say against me. I am white. I am a bum. I do live in a trailer park with my mom. My dumb friend Bob did shoot himself in the leg with his own gun. I did get jumped by all six of y'all, and one of y'all did sleep with my girl. I am a piece of white trash, and I'll say it proudly. I don't want to win this battle. I'm outie. Here, tell these people something they don't know about me. And in doing this, he weakened the, the insults that his opponents had against him. He basically said, look, whatever you're going to say against me, whatever you got on me, I'm going to expose it myself. I'm just going to openly say it out loud because... It's going to show you that nothing you say is going to hurt me. Nothing is going to offend me. Nothing is going to get to me. Nothing is going to phase me. When he exposed his hurts and his flaws and his weaknesses to everybody in that auditorium, right? He strengthened his position in that rap battle and he took out the foundation. He took out the legs that his opponent had to stand on. Anything that his opponent had to say against him, he exposed it and he weakened completely the argument of his opponent. And this is exactly what we do when we confess our sins to one another. In James 5, verses 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. As an introverted dude, and more possibly because I'm getting older, my social circle has dwindled down quite a bit. I have a few people that I consider good friends, and I have one best friend, and we've been friends since our early teenage periods, almost two decades now. It's been a long time. We're, we're old men now. And I remember the first time that I was thinking about telling him about my struggles with lust and sexual temptations and with pornography. And I remember being really scared because we had been friends for about a decade. But as far as I remember, like our conversations were fairly superficial. We hadn't really gone through any, you know, just school and girls and whatever, you know, nothing serious. But this was the first time that we were going to have a conversation about something pretty heavy. I was scared because I didn't know how he was going to react, what he was going to say. Are we still going to be friends after this? Is he going to treat me differently? Is he going to look at me differently? I don't know. Like, what's, I don't know what's going to happen. And more than that, I was scared because I was opening up an area of my life that up until that point had been hidden. Nobody knew about it. It was a secret just between me and myself. Nobody knew. But after this conversation, somebody would know. So I told him. I told him my struggles. I told him what I was going through. And he said, bro, me too. In fact, why didn't we talk about this sooner? Because if we had, we could have prevented ourselves from doing some stupid stuff. And he was right. There are three A's that make pornography so addicting, so hard to get out of. Think of it like a three-legged stool, right? Each, each A is one of the legs of the stool. The first leg is affordability. It's free. Makes it easy to access. It's free. You, you can get it 
for free. Don't have to pay a single penny for it. Affordability. The second leg is accessibility or availability. Wherever you want, whenever you want, on demand, any type you want, it's available to you. And the third leg is anonymity. As long as you clear your browser history and don't tell a single soul, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know what you watch, when you watch it, how often you watch it, nothing. Nobody will ever know. Affordability, accessibility, and anonymity. These three legs help that addiction to stand. Help that it help it be so hard for us to overcome. But just like a three-legged stool, if you remove one of those legs, it's really hard for a, a two-legged stool to stand up. And when we confess our sins to one another, we break that third leg, no pun intended, of anonymity. We break that, that part of that threefold hold that is on our lives when we confess it to each other. And ever since my friend and I had that conversation where we talked about our struggles, we've had countless conversations since where we talked about the good and the bad, what we were dealing with and why we fell into that temptation and what we could have done differently and where we could improve and how we can prevent it from happening again. And not just in the area of lust and sexual temptations, but that conversation opened up the door for us to have deeper conversations about everything else, about school and relationships and finance and business. And, you know, almost a decade later now, this is, that's, that was the door that opened us up to a deeper conversation deeper conversations with each other. And many of the things that we've shared with each other, if we've never shared it with each other, if we had never shared it with each other, nobody would know. It would be a secret. Nobody would ever have known what we were going through and what we were struggling with. Nobody would have ever known. But deep down inside, it would have been a secret that slowly grew. And like a plant, the root would have gotten deeper and deeper and deeper into our hearts and into our minds. And the devil would have, devil is using it and can use it and, and would have used it even more to condemn us, to remind us that, hey, we're in this alone, to, to make us think that we're in this alone, that you're the only one that's struggling with this kind of stuff. You're the only one that's watching this kind of stuff. You're the only one that's into this kind of stuff. And it would have put us in a place of extreme isolation where we would have thought there's nobody that I can really go to. Nobody's going to understand me. Nobody is going to, nobody's going to accept me after I tell them what, I've, what I'm into, what I've done. And this would have caused that three-legged hold, that three-legged, that three-fold hold of, of this addiction to really stand strong in our life. But since we exposed it, since we talked about it openly, there was this sense of freedom. There was this sense of acceptance that, hey, this person now knows this deep secret inside of me and he still accepts me. Not only does he accept me, he still loves me as a friend, as in a brother, as a, as a brother in Christ. He still sees the person of who I am and doesn't judge me for the sin that's in my life. And yeah, there is a sense of, I did mess up, but there's also the sense of, that can't be used against me anymore. You can't hurt me with that anymore, devil. You know, if we want to get real about it, the enemy can't use it against you anymore. There's nothing that you can say. There's nothing you can do that I haven't already exposed to my friend, that I haven't already talked to with God. There's, I'm already working it out openly. There's nothing you can do that's going to get to me. And every time we mess up and every time we have these conversations, they're always centered around, okay, what's done is done. What can we, what do we do now? How could we have, how could we have prevented that? What do we do now knowing what we know going into the future? 
What, what do we do now? How can we overcome this? How can we get around this? What can we do differently? What can we do better? What can we do more of? What do we need to stop doing? Where let's let's optimize this process of overcoming this addiction. How can we do this? And we've also reminded each other of our identities in Christ. We've said, bro, look, this sin that you're in, this doesn't define you. You are defined by your identity in Christ and he's already paid the price for your sins. You don't have to walk in this anymore. You can walk in the Holy Spirit. You don't have to walk in this life of sin. You're able to overcome it because of who you are in Christ. We have found healing in confessing our sins to one another and praying for each other, just like James 5.16 says. One important thing that I want to say before I conclude here is that in the process of confessing our sins to one another, in the process of somebody confessing their sins to you, this is not so that we can gossip about their sins to other people later. This is not so that we can leverage it and hold it over somebody's head when we need something from them in the future. This is so we can accept that person, that they can know that they are not alone, that we can pray for each other, and that we can find healing in community. This also provides a sense of accountability because now that other people know what I'm going through, they can keep me accountable to the type of person that I want to become. They can keep me accountable in this pro in this process, in this path that I'm on to overcoming this addiction. So if you're struggling with lust, if you're struggling with sexual temptations and with pornography, talk about it with somebody, your best friend, your pastor, your parent, your spouse, a therapist, a counselor, a recovery group, who, whoever it is, somebody that you trust, open up to them and talk to them about it. And you'll most likely find out the same thing that I found out, that, hey, we're all going through this together. We're all facing the same struggles. We are, we are in different levels of life and we're going through different things and we're all sinful human beings in need of a savior. We need the accountability of each other. We were never meant to do life on our own. That is a lie. We were never meant to live a Christian life in isolation. It doesn't work that way. The, the, the commandment that Jesus gave us is love God and love your neighbor. We were meant to have communion with God and communion with each other. That's how life was meant to be done. And it is a lie for us to think that we're going through this alone. I'm the only one that's watching this kind of stuff. I'm the only one that's into this kind of stuff. Like if I, I'm going to be rejected if, if I expose this. I'm going to be looked, diff, looked at differently if, if, I, if I bring this out into the light. And it's a lie. It's a lie. We were meant to enjoy community, enjoy forgiveness, enjoy freedom with each other. When we confess our sins to God, we find forgiveness. And when we confess our sins to each other, we find healing. And when you do this, you will sense this feeling of freedom, like a weight is being lifted off your shoulders, and you will be taking one giant leap toward freedom from this addiction, from pornography, from sexual temptations, from lust. You will be finding freedom in Christ. Amen.